Hi, and welcome to another episode of Social PR Secrets. My name is Lisa Beyer, and I will be your host. Well, as I'm recording this intro, we are almost coming to an end of 2020. Yay. And I have dedicated this month to interviewing only female guests. So my guest today is Julie Hood. And I came across Julie when I was attending VidFest a couple weeks ago, and um, it was the virtual version of VidFest. The in-person VidFest will be in June, so definitely check that out. But Julie caught my eye because I attended her session, and she she's um, the CEO and founder of a company called Course Creators HQ. And in this interview, Julie is going to share with us the six steps to build your email list from social with the mini course. She also walks us through the steps of figuring out an idea for your course and how to get launched in 24 hours or less. So doesn't that sound inviting? It doesn't have to be the start of the year to start a course. It could be the start of the month. It could be the start of a week. It could be the start of the day. And Julie walks us through the steps. So welcome, Julie. And I hope you enjoy and learn as much as I did in this episode on how to create an online course for 2021 and beyond. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Social PR Secrets. We are um, having a very festive background if you can um, see any of our video. I have Julie Hood as our guest. Hey Julie, how are you? Hello, I'm great. So good to be here. Thanks, Lisa. Yeah, yeah so I discovered Julie about a week ago when I was attending her VidFest um, session where she was talking about online course creation and super inspiring because Julie and I were just chatting offline that part of the public relations strategy especially as we go into 2021, should be creating online courses. So Julie, I'm very excited to have you kind of walk us through these six steps we talked about to building your email list using social media and an online course, but also just online courses in general. And can you just start with a little bit of your background and how you got to to be specializing in this area? Sure. So I have been so interested in the whole courses training. Actually, I realized since I was like four years old, because one of my favorite toys was a little schoolhouse. Fisher Price used to make a little schoolhouse. So I've I've kind of been dabbling in this for a long, long time. I have background in computer science and one of my first corporate clients, I did a lot with helping with their training area and putting, pulling that stuff together. And then when I stepped away from corporate, had my kids, I started doing online marketing. And I realized while I love that, it was a little hard to get traction sometimes. And because it was so general, you know, you'd have a someone that's doing a brick and mortar business, and then you'd have someone that was trying to do a book and then someone that, and, and just trying to talk to that audience was really hard because it was so broad. And so in 2017, I narrowed down and I realized, you know, I really love online courses and working with creators because I truly believe that they can make changes in the world. When we are able to share what we know with other people and uh, improve their lives, either their business or maybe the way they parent or how they interact with their uh, friends and family, that things can get better. So that's, I, I decided that was my audience and I love working with course creators. It's actually an exploding 
uh, business and area of online now because first with all of the coronavirus folks, they are all getting online and we're all trying to figure out, okay, we can't do the conferences. We can't do live events or workshops. How do we do this? So it's turning into an online sharing and, and online teaching. So it's been really fun uh, to see the growth and see how everyone has taken to being online. Yes, definitely. And especially this year, I mean, Zoom has become just a household name, you know? Isn't that amazing? (laughs) Oh my gosh. We didn't even know what it was last year. So yeah, I wish I would have bought stock in Zoom in in March. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I didn't think about it either. So um, why don't you kind of break down, um, you know, there's, I know I taught a course we were talking about um, at University of Florida, an online course on social media management. So I how to develop that on Canvas. Um, and there's all different types of platforms. And, you know, where do you get started? Like, let's just start there. Like, if you don't have an online course, but you have an idea for one, what do you do next? Yes. So I actually have a couple different ways I like to think about this. So some folks like to jump in and they want to do a big, huge signature course that has everything they know as an expert about every topic that they've ever come across. And I would say, absolutely do not, please do not, please do not do that. <laughs> Number one, it will take you forever to get it finished. Number two, you don't, you're not even sure if people are really interested in that level of information yet. And so where I like to start my clients is let's start with something small that we can get out, get going, maybe get some cash coming in to help you fund the setup and the creation of future courses. But let's just start with um, a, a simple idea to get going. So you get your feet wet and see what things are like. So, and actually the first step of, I have six different steps that I have people do. And the first step is picking the topic that's going to wow people. So especially for clients who are on social media, who are trying to build their email list, giving away a free mini course feels like a big a big freebie that you're giving them. It's something really, really like, wow, she's giving me an entire course as opposed to, oh, give me a one, one page checklist. You know, those are great too. And I, I do all of those, but I really like to give away mini courses because they, they have such value for the audience. So when we're trying to go through and figure out, let's, okay, is this idea any good? Should I do this one or not? I have an exercise. If you want, I'll, I'll explain to your listeners yeah, how they can do it. Okay. Definitely. So if you grab a sheet of paper and we're going to make some notes on this sheet of paper, and then we'll go, you can go back later and uh, work through this. So you draw a line from the top to the bottom to split the page in half. Mm-hmm. And then you draw a line from the left to the right. So you end up with four boxes on the page. And then when we're going to fill in the four boxes with four different places that you can research your idea. And the first one in the top left is one of my absolute favorites and it's Facebook groups. So people that are in Facebook groups, they're asking questions about things that they don't know yet. So one of the things that I saw a lot of is people asking, you know, where should I host my course? Where should I put my course to give my students access to it? And so I put together a mini course that I give away and we can give it away to your audience too, if you think they would be interested in it. Um, Definitely. Okay. It's at coursecreatorshq.com slash host two. That's host 
too. And I think we'll put it in the show show notes too. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and basically, so I found that in a Facebook group and because it was asked over and over again, I knew that that would be a topic that course creators are interested in. So that's our first box is the Facebook groups. The second box, if you go over to the right, write down Amazon. And what we want to do is go out and see what kind of books are out there about your topic. And I don't recommend actually getting into the books because then you might be tempted to sort of use some of their content, but you can look at their uh, table of contents to see what are, what kinds of things are they're talking about. So I found some folks that were talking about how to evaluate your course idea in a, in a book about, so that's another freebie that I like to give away. So that's looking at Amazon books is also really good. And then the third place I like to send folks is out to YouTube because it is the second largest search engine. And it's another really good place to see what kinds of ideas are being posted out there. So you can go out and put your topic in, you know, online courses would be what I'd be looking at and see what kinds of things are people posting already. Now, those are just individual videos. So your course will probably need to be a couple different videos that you group together or, or so it, it won't match up exactly, but it kind of gives you an idea of what, what's popular and what's being talked about. And then the fourth, fourth place I like to use is comments and replies that you get in social media, or if you have a podcast, or if you have YouTube, because those are the things that goes in the fourth box. Those are the places where your audience is actively engaging with you, and they're probably asking you some questions that you could expand upon and turn into a mini course that would help them. So those are kind of the four different boxes of doing some research. Yes, oh, gold stars, all right. And that's the, that's the first step for taking a look at what ideas are out there and what's most popular. Okay, great. So, um, so my topic would be social PR or social public relations that, um, you know, if I was to launch a a mini course. Um, So I think those are great ideas to, I'm going to, I'm going to check out, especially YouTube and Amazon to see what other books are out there besides mine. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic as far as giving you, you, when you pull all of that together, then you can usually come up with something that gives you some multiple steps that you could put together that would be helpful for your audience. Okay, great. What do we do next? Okay, so then step two is putting together the outline. And I've, I've learned through the years that there are a couple different types of people and the way that they like to outline. So, and you'll probably know right away which type of person you are, whether you like to have a list and um, more of the standard outlining with the Roman numerals and the ABC listing kind of person, or if you're more of a give me post-it notes that I can move around and put in order. So those are kind of the two topics. And which one do you think you are? I think I'm a list type, but I also use post-it notes for my interviews. So, but I'm more of a list, list person. Yes. And usually people are, are one or the other. So one of the first uh, trainings that I put together, I sat down and I made a list. It was just a list of everything I could think of that would be the topics related to the concept of the ebook. It was actually an ebook. This was a long time ago, but uh, I put together a list and it was like 35 different topics. And then you take that and you sort of narrow it down into these should go first. Um, these 
should be grouped together. And I like for a mini course, if you can get it down to four steps or maybe six, you know, you want something that people can get through really quickly. They get a really good transformation from it. And um, it's not something where they sit down and they're like, oh, I have to spend two, six, eight hours figuring this out. We want to give them a big win right off the bat. So something you can, can solve for them pretty quickly. So we take all those ideas that we have either on the post-it notes or on our list, and we put them into an outline format. Um, there's a tool, if you really like outlining, there's a tool called workflowy.com that is one of my favorite online outliners. Oh, I haven't heard of that. Workflowy, yeah, we have to look it up. Yes, I. It, it makes it really easy to kind of move things around. So that's one of my favorites if you're the list person. If you're not, grab the post-it notes, lay it all out on a big table and kind of move the post-it notes around and figure out what your different modules could be in your lessons. So pretty easy to kind of come up with your outline that way. Okay, that's awesome. We're going to do that. I'm going to do that before right. the first of the year. Mm-hmm. So then step three, so we've got the first two, step three is to actually create the course. And I'm going to give you a a little bit different advice than um, you'll hear from a lot of the online, because there's a ton, a ton of people who can help you with online courses and everyone sort of has their own approach. But my approach is for each of your modules, because you've got it spread out into like four to six modules, create a cheat sheet. And these are like cliff notes. These are not transcripts of what you're going to talk about. It's more of a cliff notes cheat sheet so that someone could read through it and get an idea of, okay, this is what this lesson is about. And the reason we're doing that is that gives your students something that they can print off and make notes on. It gives them the main ideas. And for some of us, we really like these. And I personally really like these because sometimes the lesson will be something I've already learned before. So I don't necessarily have to watch the videos. I can just look at this cheat sheet and kind of get the idea and be like, okay, I know what what's going on. So we're going to create a cheat sheet for each of the modules and then create audios. If you want to create videos, fantastic, but I actually don't require it for my students. I think you can have a fantastic course even without having video. So if you decide to do video, Zoom is a fantastic way to record. You can get on and talk for each lesson. And I recommend that you try to keep them under 10 minutes, four to six minutes per lesson is actually even better because I know we've all sat down to courses and we've gotten that 90 minute long video and you just kind of go, oh, I don't have time for that right now. And we want your students to consume your course. So keep the video short where they're like, okay, I got time for this one. Click, click, click. And they may end up watching all the videos all in one sitting, but if they're shorter, it's easier to consume. So that's step four is creating that cheat sheet, the audios, and possibly a video. I have one comment I just want to make on that to underline, you know, I think a lot of this happens to me too. Like I'm thinking, you know, oh, why should I create this course? There's, you know, a bunch of courses like it, or why am I going to include this? Because this is like, you know, most people already know this or should know this. And I think the repetition, um, you know, everybody wants to hear things more than once, you know, like I'll listen to a course or a podcast and somebody is being interviewed and I'll be like, Oh, right. I completely forgot about that. Or it's just a refresher. So I think like not being afraid of including things that 
you're like, oh, they, they must already know this if they're taking my course or this is just so basic. It's not, it shouldn't be included. I think like including the basic with the advanced like helps people refresh and put two and two together. Completely agree with you. And I think sometimes when we're an expert, some of those things seem so basic to us and so obvious that we don't realize that other people might not know. So it's, it's great to include that. And be, and especially when you have those kind of cheat sheets, if somebody does know that part, they might skip that lesson. That's fine. I think the first, I just thought of this, the very first, um, it wasn't an online course. It was um, before online courses. It was the, my first audio course that I ever took after college. It was Anthony Robbins 30 day success program. And it came in yeah. like the little cassettes, you know, the yes. books. Yes, and I, 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 I mean, I had that for years, but I, I actually took that multiple times. Like I did it every couple of years and, and I have my success journals and, you know, that's why I, you know, I realized like, you know, you have to do things multiple times or listen to things multiple times for it to really sink in and become like a habit or part of your behavior. Right. I totally agree with you. And, and usually the first time is kind of that, oh, wow, I didn't know that, but it doesn't stick. And then Mm -hmm. the second time you get a deeper level of understanding. And I've actually noticed this. Um, I was watching a Netflix show and I watched it the first time. It was great. Loved it. I watched it again and I thought, wow, I missed a lot of stuff the first time around. This was even better once I got into all the details of it. Same, same. I was like that with, um, with Big Little Lies. I don't know if that's the one you're talking about, but I watched my, we watched that like five times. And every time we watched it, we're just like, we didn't There's realize, so- did you just hear what she said? <laughs> right, right. Exactly. There's so much more here. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Sorry. What step were we on? This is so good. Oh, thanks. No, that was three. I may have said four, but that was actually three. So we've gotten one, two, and three so far. And then um, step four is to sort of figure out, okay, where am I going to host this course? So you've got all these files of all of the course that you've put together and you have to figure out where am I going to put all this so that students can have access to it. And I have a quick and easy way to do it. And then I have a slightly more advanced way to do it. So the quick and easy way is to put the information into Google Drive and you use those share links on each of your Google documents. You can share it. You put all the links into an email. And so once someone buys from you, you just send them the email, say, here's your course and all of your lessons. And we could have that up and running, you know, really, really quickly. You can, you can do all this in a weekend um, when you do it that way. So if you need a secondary level of slightly more professional looking, or you've got a little more time, or you, you know, you just want to invest a little bit more, that's when you can use one of the course hosts. So something like Kajabi or Teachable, Thinkific, there are tons and tons and tons of these different places where you can host your course, but that then gives you a way to restrict access. Cause when you, you know, when you're sending out an email, technically they could forward it on to whoever they wanted to. So if you can restrict access a little bit more with one of these course hosting sites, that's always a good idea. Plus they'll give you a way to actually do the sales part of it. So you'll have a sales page that will then sign people up. So those, those tools are really helpful when you're trying to, um, up your game just a little bit, but I have done some courses that I wanted to get out quickly and I just send it out as Google docs. So. And when you do that, are you doing it through just, um, so I use Google, um, for my, for my email domain hosting. And so you're talking about using it from a Gmail where anybody that has the link, you don't have to like grant access. It's just 
but when, right. as long as they have a link, right? So you'd have to do it through just a Gmail and not a dot if you if you're using Google as your email domain. Right, right. So if you go to drive.google.com, that's where you can upload these different documents. And then there, each one of them always has a share link. And you just make sure you do the anyone who has access to this right. uh, link has access to the document. So Okay, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, quick and easy. And then step five is actually to set up a some kind of sales page where um, you're either selling the course or if you're giving it away on social media, it would be more of a landing type page where people can come to it and they can sign up and just put their email list into their email address and their name to get on your email list. So depending on whether you're doing a sales or an opt-in landing page, that's um, step five. And a lot of the email tools now will give you a place where you can create a landing page to opt in. Uh, I know MailChimp does, ConvertKit does, depending on what you're using. Um, I also, I personally use lead pages online because back when I started uh, back in the day, they, the tool didn't include that for us. So um, I started with them and, and I've been really happy with it. I can create pages really quickly. People sign up and then jump on my email list from there. So we want to get some kind of landing page set up so that you can direct people to sign up for your email list from your social media then. And then the last step, step six, is to create a really easy to create and share link that you can give out to um, either in social media or if you're doing a podcast or even in YouTube or Facebook lives. We want it, we don't want it to be a big, long, ugly link that people can't get a hold of. We want it to be something easy for you to say and share. So if, um, if you have a WordPress website, there is a plugin called Pretty Links, Pretty Link Lite, and it's free and it's phenomenal at tracking links for you. And you can keep an idea on how many people um, click your links that way. And it's um, not hard to use. So if you have a WordPress site, that's great. If you don't, there's a couple paid tools that I recommend that people can use. One's called rebrandly.com, rebrandly.com. And then the other one is clickmagic.com with a K on the end. So it's clickmagickk.com. And both of those you can set up to, to track your links for you. And so what ends up happening is instead of having some big, long, ugly link, we can have something like coursecreatorshq.com slash host two. I used pretty link to set that, set that up so that we could share it on here and make it easy for everyone. So that's kind of the, that's really all there is to it. I mean, it doesn't have to be any more complicated than those six steps. Yeah, the, those six steps make it pretty um, clear and, and actionable. So I have some, a couple questions. So um, if you're trying to build an email list and let's say you do have a, you know, a, a decent social media following, but you don't really have that email list. Um, what are some ways to kind of boost and what kind of growth rate should we expect? Is there any guidelines that, to that or? That's a really good benchmarks. Question. So I, I, it varies so much. And the big reason is it really depends on how, what the relationship you have with your audience. And so um, if you're someone who is, 
like every time you talk about something, your audience really jumps on it and they, you know, they get, they take action for you. Then, you know, you could get upwards of 20, 30, 40% opt-in rates, which are fantastic. If you have more, I know sometimes like I have a couple, um, my Instagram account for some reason, I can't get people to do much on there. <laughs> I'm, constantly, I'm like, okay, I'll share all this stuff. I'd love for you guys to go click to the, and maybe because it's so many clicking, like Instagram people more just want to scroll and look at things. Um, I have trouble getting them to actually click and, and come over to do things. So it just really depends on your audience and kind of what relationship you have. I will say I have had the best luck with getting people to click from Twitter. So um, I use a tool uh, called Missing Letter, uh, and it's Missing Letter without the R. So L-E-T-T-R on the okay. end. And basically what it will do is it will set up a year's worth of promotion for anything, any link that I want to share. So I'll post my podcast episodes and um, it will give me, and they're all unique. That's the best part. You can, you can control what their, what content is shared in them. And so that I get the most clicks from Twitter, from those folks that will go then and listen to the podcast and jump in. Yeah, that's very interesting. And, um, that Twitter is one of my favorite channels. So I'm going to try that when I oh, launch good. my, yeah, my course wondering also, do you do anything with paid, like any paid social ads to, to help boost exposure? So I'm headed that direction for 2021. And the reason I've been hesitant is one of my clients several years ago worked with an expert for Facebook ads and she spent $2,000. She actually got a decent amount of people to opt in, but they wouldn't read email. They didn't open her emails then or click on them. So, and I know there's a lot of people who have had much better luck than, than I've had at it. So I know it, it can be done. I think it's getting the right um, system and the follow-up system set up. Uh, so I'm headed that direction in 2021. We'll have to get back together again and I'll tell you what kind of results we have and how well it worked. <laughs> yes, definitely. Definitely. I definitely want to know. And then I was also curious about, um, you know, we're building the list do you recommend or use any certain CRM platforms that you like or don't like? Yes, I do have an opinion on this. So I know a ton of folks like to use MailChimp and I am not a MailChimp fan. And here's why. If you decide to have more than one opt-in, so maybe you have a resource guide, maybe you have a mini course, maybe you have come opt-in for my free report, you've got multiple things. It's really hard to manage all of those with MailChimp because they don't have a good system. They end up being on different lists. And then when you mm -hmm. send out your messages, you have to send them out to each list. You can't just separate send campaigns. Everyone. Yeah. So I, I, I don't like MailChimp if you can stay away from it, but the ones I do like ConvertKit is really, really good. They, and they have some landing pages for you. A new one that I found that I haven't used yet, but they have a, um, I think they let you have up to a thousand subscribers is MailerLite. So that's also one to kind of look into. And then I should also say, I actually personally use drip.com and I don't always recommend it because it's a little pricier. There's, there's more inexpensive options. I just like the way I can crank out emails in a hurry. It's not complicated or time consuming to use. I can whip them out. And so that efficiency for me is worth it. So those are kind of my top four. When you end up working with your hosting for your course, you want the two of them to be able to work together so that when people sign up for your course, 
then they can also get on your email list and that they'll interact pretty easily. So just that's one of the things to kind of keep in mind is whichever email list I end up using, you want to make sure your host works with it. So everything that we've talked about really is a good basis for if you're trying to, to launch ideally a paid course and, and make money off of that. So at what point do you, how do you take the step from the 15 minute, let's just say free course to then your paid version? And how do you like, how do you convert people to the paid version? What are, what are some recommendations that you make? Such a good question. So what I like to have um, folks do is map out your customer journey. And what I mean by that is thinking about what is it that the path that they're taking. So for example, I have a client who works with CEOs and new business owners. And so we started thinking about, okay, you're going to have folks that they're going to have an idea for a business and then they're going to start researching, okay, what would be my first steps? And then they're going to set up their business structure and start selling and marketing. And so then we came up with, okay, when that, that first step of they've got an idea and they have to figure out what's next. So that's a good place to have an intro starter course that's for free because that's when people are getting started. They haven't made any money yet, probably. So giving away a free course. And then you think about, okay, then what are they going to need to do next? And that next part is what they pay you for. That becomes, they get to the end and they're like, oh, this was great. I did my initial promise that they told me they were going to do. And now I'm going to go on and take the next step. And they're more likely to take it with you when you're right there and got the next step for them. I love that. I love that. Okay. So Julie, I don't know what we would do without you with taking us through these six easy steps, because it can seem overwhelming to start an online course and you can overthink it. And I really like your tip about not starting with, with trying to get everything in at once. Just, I love the saying done is better than none. So doing the first 15 minute course and giving yourself maybe like, okay, you're going to give yourself like six hours to do this and see what you can get done in six hours or something like that. I I think I I love all that. Do you have any resources that you can recommend? We're going to put definitely your, um, all of your links to that, your free course and um, some of these downloads that you recommended, but what other resources could you recommend um, just if somebody's learning on, you know, if they already have an online course or just business books in general, or even, you know, mindset books, you know, we've, we've all been challenged this year with our mindset. So any, any tips that you have, we, we would love to hear. So one of the ones I actually really love is the one funnel away challenge. I think it's some of the best training online and um, you can go to course creators HQ slash OFA. I'm pretty sure that will take you to directly to the link. And it's from Russell Brunson and he's a big online marketer. And so it is a slightly over the top, like he's, but he has good lessons in there, like hang in there with it. He's got really good lessons on helping you develop your funnel for, okay, I've got this freebie course. Now what's next? How am I going to get it out there? How am I going to put together a messaging sequence to help people take that next step with me? So I really like that. Um, I also really like right now I'm reading Michael Hyatt's Your Best Year 
ever. I think it's your best year ever book. And it was, he released it several years ago, but I really like that one to kind of wrap your head around. What is it I'm, I'm trying to accomplish. He's got some um, really good nuggets to dig into inside that book. Uh, let's see what else are my top. Another one. That's my top. I am a big listener of podcasts. So getting into, there's some great ones uh, for coaches. Do you have, do you work with a lot of coaches yeah. and consultants? I Definitely. actually like the, um, the life coach school podcasts because she talks a lot about how to um, help with your mindset. So that's one of the, those three are probably the, the top three that I like to share with folks. Julie, thank you so much. You have shared just golden nuggets here for well, me. You. And, and I know everybody listening is going to be very excited. So like I said, we're going to put all of your links in the show notes. So if you were taking notes and you maybe th- thought that you missed something, go head over to the show notes and Julie, maybe we'll catch up with you in um, like in about two or three months and we can like analyze maybe the course that I launched and maybe yes. do a, an update on what to do next. If you started your course, if you went through these six steps, we're going to, if you're okay with it, Julie, invite you back and say, okay, here's where we are. What do we do next? I would love that. If you can tell, I can talk about this stuff for hours and I love brainstorming with folks about their audience because I've been at this a long time. So I love kind of sharing some of those, oh, that uh, here's how to get to this audience and here, this works really well with this audience. So that would be so much fun. Thank you. That'd be great. Yes. And I just want to remind everybody that these online courses should be part of your public relations strategy, a 15 minute online course. Um, that's free is, um, you know, something that is kind of, it's not, it's a, it's a very nice educational message that you can do a couple different things. You can convert and collect an email address and you can educate your audience and create that relationship with them and also possibly attract um, media coverage and podcast interviews and like we're doing right now. So make sure that course creation, online course creation is part of your PR strategy for 2021 and always. Fantastic. Thanks so much for having me, Lisa. This was great. Thank you. And I hope to see you at BidFest in June or July, when I, in June, if yes. you're going to the in-line, the in-person one, prayers yeah, that I it so. actually happens. Yes. I hope we get to travel by then. That would be fantastic. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thanks, Julie. Have a great rest of the day. Thank you for listening to this episode of Social PR Secrets. If you like what you heard, check out the book on Amazon or follow our blog at socialprsecrets.com. This episode was sponsored by The Buyer Group, a social PR agency striving to keep our balance in the digital world, practicing public relations, social media, and search marketing, while occasionally drinking a glass of wine or two for the best creativity and results. Thank you all for tuning in. If you would like to get a free chapter of Social PR Secrets, go to socialprsecrets.com slash free.